Hey y'all, it's Bailey. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast version of Moms on a Mission. We started this group last year with the goal of building a community for moms who could come together to study God's word and equip our kids with the love of Jesus. Some of our key elements in structuring this group include not having to prepare anything beforehand, just show up ready to engage with others in the group, and having childcare available. Most of us had the desire to join a Bible study or go to events at our respective churches, but either childcare wasn't available or the meeting times interfered with our kids' schedules. With that in mind, we created Moms on a Mission, where we have studied moms in the Bible, topics that are relevant to moms in various seasons, and joined together to serve others in our community. We have grown so much together in the last year and have had interest from others in our community and surrounding communities to have our teaching in an online format as they, like us, have schedules that keep them from joining us in person. So here's our first teaching of 2023, Redefining Mom Brain. You'll find the handout material linked in the show notes to follow along with and dig deeper on your own time. If you're interested in coming to an in-person meetup, you'll find that information also listed in the show notes. We hope you find this information fruitful and that you'll be able to join us at our next gathering. Now, let's get into the lesson. We spend a lot of time talking about how much we are influenced by our thoughts. We live with them and can't very well escape them. Our thoughts burst through the monotony of our daily routines, through tantrums and quiet times. Sometimes the thoughts are harmless enough, a reminder to pick up milk on the way home today. Other times they are far more intrusive. But usually our thoughts are a mixture of all of these, swayed by the influencers we scroll past and the interests of the day. If we're not careful, we'll pay much more attention to these thoughts and find ourselves down rabbit holes ensnaring our thoughts on which lunchbox is the most cost-effective but keeps food the coldest longest but also looks the best, rather than chasing the thoughts of the Father. For this lesson, we're going to draw on Jenny Allen's Get Out of Your Head study through Philippians. So pause for a moment. What thoughts keep swirling in your mind? How much do they distract you from your day-to-day activities? Here's a list of some things that might get you thinking. Stress at work. Stress over finances. Choosing joy. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Good memories. Failures. Rejection. Strength. Pain. Or others' opinions. Depending on which of those you choose from the list above, Jenny Allen says that we can understand our assumptions about ourselves based on how they play out. If people knew how badly I'd failed, they'd never love me. Or, my worth comes from my ability to be perfect. No wonder I'm not worthy of much. Allen points out the key emotions that these assumptions are tied to. Frustration, anger, despondency, hopelessness, embarrassment, inadequacy, and shame. These shape our beliefs about ourselves, such as, I'll never thrive in my career. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be accepted and loved. I'll never get out of debt. 
And if we begin to spiral downwards, we numb our pain, hide our fears, and fake our happiness. I find so much comfort in the words of Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Y'all, God ain't hung up on who got a new car or how we're going to pay our mortgage this month. By definition, he doesn't worry in the way we do, nor does he get so sidetracked trying to save his children that he forgets about the prayers that we whisper to him in our rooms. What prayers have you been whispering into your pillow or repeating during your quiet time that feel like they've gone unanswered? Does this lead you to give up on these prayers or to pray them all the more fervently? God does urge us to take responsibility. He is there for us and wants the best for us, which doesn't always mean a life of rainbows and butterflies, but he wants us to move from a consumer attitude to a conqueror's attitude. God wants us to live fully in him, not just once in a while when the music hits just right on Sunday. This is something that's not a passive thing, but taking deliberate time and action to pursue the Father. So let's start with our thoughts. Let's figure out how to replace all the junk and all the drama the enemy knows we are so quick to swipe on with better, higher thoughts, ones that are focused on Jesus. Paul is the OG when it comes to radically changing one's mind. His letters are littered with how his old ways are in direct contradiction with his ways after being saved by Christ. Although he is as bullheaded as they come, he's got some apt insight on how our thoughts hold us captive. Want to know the good news? God gave you a choice. Galatians 4, 7 tells us that we are no longer slaves, meaning moment by moment, we have the choice to change our thoughts. Take a minute and read through Romans 8, 5 through 39. Paul begins by making the distinction between those who live according to the flesh and those who live in accordance with the Spirit, emphasizing that the end goal is death or peace, respectively. Obviously, we want peace, more than just me time or another vacation, but peace that surpasses all understanding. But in case you haven't heard, this sometimes comes through suffering and perseverance. If we skip over to verse 26, Paul offers us some insight into the battle most of us find ourselves in today. We want to do the things of God and live a life of righteousness, but we are constantly distracted by things that need to be done. I don't mean frivolous things like staying up with the latest fashions, things that legitimately need to be done, like going to work at your nine to five or feeding your family dinner. Those things inevitably take up space in our minds, weakening our defenses, if you will. But in verse 26, we are reminded that even in times of burnout, when we don't even really know what or how to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us. How refreshing! 
Y'all, we don't have to have it all together and we don't have to have perfectly crafted prayers. God is not waiting for us to wipe the snot from our noses or have the perfect playlist before we come to him. Some of the most profound moments in my faith relationship have been when my makeup is smudged off from wringing my hands against my face and I have no words left to pray because it felt like they were all falling on deaf ears. But on the heels of Paul saying that in those times the Spirit intercedes for us, he goes on to say in verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It didn't say in the good things God works. It says in all things, in all the sleepless nights, in all the failed Bible in a year reading plans, in all the mornings we were going to get up early and spend quiet time with Jesus, but didn't quite make it. In all the times we were going to try gentle parenting. In all the times our relationships or jobs failed. In all the times we were 10 pounds heavier than we thought we should be. In all things, God works for the good of those who have been called. That's good news. It takes some of the weight off of us knowing that God is always in control. Yes, it's my job to keep my life and work clean and tidy. Yes, I've got to make a decision every day to put in the work to make the meals, do the workouts, read my Bible, but he will handle the rest. He's not waiting on me to figure it out. He's waiting on me to fall at his feet. Paul tells us there's nothing we have done to earn or deserve the love of God, but that because God loves us, he calls us justifies us, and invites us into his glory. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. What an amazing gift. We don't have to let our circumstances dictate our thoughts. If we can shift our perspective from striving to surrendering, we'll see that God's plan for our lives involves moving from a life of captivation to lives as conquerors. Scripture says in verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? I think we need this plastered everywhere. We're so quick to believe the lies that others say about us. We give in to the idea that we'll never heal from that trauma or that we'll never be as good a mom as so-and-so because deep down, we kind of already believe that about ourselves. But this says again that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So all of these fillers are just that. Things we have to work through and move past to see God's thoughts and ways are so vastly different from our finite view on the porch. Mamas, it's time to change our mindset to that of conquerors. Verse 25 says, No trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword will be enough to separate us from God and His plan. In 2023, maybe that could read, No anxiety or financial instability or shade from your coworkers or dieting or not being in style or exes or pills will be enough to separate us from God and his ultimate plan of redemption. 
Verse 37 through 39 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think for a minute what circumstances God has put in your life that might be difficult but could actually be used to advance the gospel. Maybe it's not good now, but he can use it for good. Ladies, we've got to take ownership of our thoughts and actions and start living like conquerors. There's nothing meek about us. We're out here killing it. From work, to shuttling our kids, to cleaning our homes, to serving in our communities, to side businesses, working out, and to being present with our families. We need to start seeing the worth in that. We need to live each day in surrender to whatever God calls us to that day. Some days it really is us stopping everything else to talk to our older kids about what's bothering them. Some days it's dropping a letter in the mail to someone God laid on your heart. Other days it's forgiving that person who hurt you that you don't even feel like acknowledging. As Jenny Allen says, the enemy's strategy is to flood our thoughts with visions of all that is wrong in this broken, fallen world to the point we don't even think to look for the positive anymore. We get cynical, but God has an abundance of joy and delight for us, and we're missing it with arms crossed. We've been given so many tools for this battle, including this group of warrior women, We've got an opportunity today to make the decision to lead our lives with the confidence that God is using our stories and our struggles to advance the gospel. Let's leave all of our not good enough in 2022 and walk boldly into this new year with a new mindset, not getting to a good place, but to a God place. Alan goes on to say, the questions driving our thought patterns are no longer, how will God use me today? And how can I give Jesus to someone? Instead, we're focusing on things like, what will make me feel better? What will make me look better? How can I feel okay and content? But our weapon against complacency is intentionality. Where are we giving our attention, time, and money? In order to change our minds, we need to take inventory of these things. And when we decide to make the change, sometimes it's not that easy. It may entail leaving certain friends or family behind, maybe changing your routine, dressing differently, changing the radio station. But you're not stuck in complacency. Lastly, I want to leave you with one of the most powerful tools that Paul teaches. Jenny Allen puts it like this, Paul's single-minded goal was what motivated him to forget, to leave behind his past. Paul's new motivation was so consuming that he gave no value to his past, thus leaving no room for his past to define him. As long as we leave room in our minds for the past, we will allow it to define us. This is our mission, to guard our hearts, 
as it is the seat of our thoughts, will, and emotions. What we think will directly become who we are. If we can learn to conquer our thoughts and take each one captive, we will learn to live a life of freedom. Free to love better, serve better, and see Jesus better. Free people, free people. This week, read Philippians 4.8 and write this somewhere you'll see it daily to remind you to fix your thoughts on Jesus rather than the things of this world. We usually end our time together with discussion questions to apply the teaching and get to know each other better and share our struggles and the things that we've learned. So I'll share these questions with you here today. And then at the end, after you've reflected on them, feel free to comment or message us with your answers or further questions you may have. What thoughts have you been holding captive? What can you do to change the outcome when you begin spiraling again? What is your experience with teaching on the Holy Spirit? Do you struggle with the same anxieties or different ones depending on the day? How did your parents deal with stress and anxiety? How has that shaped the way you handle it? How do you want to change the narrative for your children? What scares you about living as a conqueror? What changes could you make today to see yourself as a conqueror rather than a captive? Thank y'all so much for listening. We are looking forward to sharing more resources, more stories, more encouragement with you. So make sure to follow along so you never miss another mom's.